This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Hello, this is Let's Talk About Myths, baby, and I am your host, Liv, here after all this time with another reading series for our Friday episodes. So the plan here is I will still be releasing conversation episodes quite often. Actually, I have a bunch lined up and a bunch already in the can. It's really very exciting. But they're also a lot more work, so they will be interspersed with whatever kind of reading episodes I can provide for you guys, which is also just frankly fun for me. I really love reading this fun stuff whenever I can find good public domain translations, which is the key and also often the stumbling point for me. But we are starting today our first post-Homer, non-Homeric hymn with Apollonius's The Argonautica, the epic poem telling the story of Jason and the Argonauts and the quest for the Golden Fleece. It is from about the 3rd century and, as I understand it, is one of, if not the only, Hellenistic epic we have. That is an epic from the Hellenistic period after Alexander the Great. 
We will be breaking up these readings into sections within the books because unlike the Iliad and the Odyssey, these books are very, very, very long and the recordings would be too long, frankly. Too long for me to just read at one time and too long for you all. So we'll be splitting them up into maybe two or three sections per book depending on how long the recordings end up being. Also a fun thing about this epic poem is that theoretically it takes place before the Trojan War and so you have a lot of characters that come before that war and are the parents of people in that war. When it comes to the reading of the Iliad you might recognize when I used to have to say you know like this person's son of this person you're hearing the father's names now which is kind of fun including even like Peleus who is Achilles's father. Now a quick note about that that I've thought of it there are two characters in this play Peleas and Peleus. Peleus, P-E-L-I-A-S, is the bad guy who assigns the quest, and P-E-L-E-U-S is the hero who goes on the quest and is Achilles' father. I will try to pronounce the names differently enough, but it might be weird. This is the Argonautica by Apollonius, translated by R.C. Seaton, Book One, Part One. Beginning with thee, O Phoebus, I will recount the famous deeds of men of old, who, at the behest of King Peleus, down through the mouth of Pontus and between the Chianian rocks, sped well-benched Argo in quest of the Golden Fleece. Such was the oracle that Peleus heard, that a hateful doom awaited him to be slain at the prompting of the man whom he should see coming forth from the people with but one sandal. And no long time after, in accordance with that true report, Jason crossed the stream of wintry Anaurus on foot and saved one sandal from the mire, but the other he left in the depths held back by the flood. And straightway he came to Peleus to share the banquet which the king was offering to his father Poseidon and the rest of the gods, though he paid no honor to Pelasgian Hera. Quickly the king saw him and pondered, and devised for him the toil of a troublous voyage, in order that on the sea or among strangers he might lose his home return. The ship... As former bards relate, Argus wrought by the guidance of Athena, but now I will tell the lineage and the names of the heroes and of the long sea paths and the deeds they wrought in their wanderings. May the muses be the inspirers of my song. First, then, let us name Orpheus, whom once Calliope bare, it is said, wedded to Thracian Eogras, near the Pimplian height. Men say that he, by the music of his songs, charmed the stubborn rocks upon the mountains and the courses of rivers and the wild oak trees to this day, tokens of that magic strain that grow at Zone on the Thracian shore, stand in ordered ranks close together, 
the same which under the charm of his lyre he led down from Pyrea. Such then was Orpheus, whom Aeson's son welcomed to share his toils in obedience to the behest of Chiron, Orpheus ruler of Bistonian Pyrea. Straightway came Asterion, whom Comites begat by the waters of eddying Epidanus. He dwelt at Piresei near the Phylean mount, where mighty Apidanus and bright Epineus join their streams, coming together from afar. Next to them from Larissa came Polyphemus, son of Ilatus, who aforetime among the mighty Lapithai, when they were arming themselves against the centaurs, fought in his younger days. Now his limbs were grown heavy with age, but his martial spirit still remained, even as of old. Nor was Iphiclus long left behind in Phylaki, the uncle of Aeson's son, for Aeson had wedded his sister Alcamede, daughter of Phylacus. His kinship with her bade him be numbered in the host. Nor did Admetus, the lord of Phiri, rich in sheep, stay behind beneath the peak of the Chalcedonian mountain. Nor at Alope stayed the sons of Hermes, rich in cornland, well-skilled in craftiness, Eritus and Echion, and with them on their departure their kinsman Ithalides went as the third, him near the streams of Amphrysus Eupalmia, Bear, the daughter of Myrmidon from Phythia. The two others were sprung from Antonera, daughter of Manates. From rich Girton came Coronus, son of Caneus, brave, but not braver than his father. For bards relate that Caneus, though still living, perished at the hands of the centaurs, when apart from other chiefs he routed them, and they, rallying against him, could neither bend nor slay him, but unconquered and unflinching he passed beneath the earth, overwhelmed by the downrush of massy pines. There came two Tidaresian Mopsus, whom above all men the son of Leto taught the augury of birds, and Eurydamus, the son of Ketemenus, he dwelt at Dolopian Ketemini, near the Cassinian lake. Moreover, Actor sent his son Menetius from Opus that he might accompany the chiefs. Eurytion followed that strong Erebotes, one of the son of Teleon, the other of Iris, Actor's son. The son of Teleon, renowned Erebotes, and Iris Eurytion, a third with them was Oileus, peerless in courage and well-skilled to attack the flying foe when they break their ranks. Now from Euboea came Canthus, eager for the quest, whom Canathus, son of Abbas, sent. But he was not destined to return to Corinthus, for fate had ordained that he and Mopsus, skilled in the seer's art, should wander and perish in the furthest ends of Libya. For no ill is too remote for mortals to incur, seeing that they buried them in Libya, as far from the Colchians as is the space that is seen between the setting and the rising of the sun. To him Clytius and Iphitus joined themselves, the warders of Achelia, sons of Eurytus the Ruthless, Eurytus to whom the far-shooting god gave his bow, but he had no joy of the gift, for of his own choice he strove even with the giver. 
After them came the sons of Iacchus, not both together, nor from the same spot, for they settled far from Aegina in exile, when in their folly they had slain their brother Phaeus. Telamon dwelt in the Attic island, but Peleus departed and made his home in Phythia. After them from Cecropia came warlike beauties, son of brave Teleon and Phalaris of the Ashen Spear. Alcon, his father, sent him forth, yet no other sons had he to care for his old age and livelihood. But him, his well-beloved and only son, he sent forth that amid bold heroes he might shine conspicuous. But Theseus, who surpassed all the sons of Erechtheus, an unseen bond kept beneath the land of Tenaris, for he had followed that path with Perithus, assuredly both would have lightened for all the fulfillment of their toil. Tiphys, son of Hagnius, left the Siphian people of the Thespians, well-skilled to foretell the rising wave on the broad sea, and well-skilled to infer from sun and star the stormy winds and the time for sailing. Tritonian Athena herself urged him to join the band of chiefs, and he came among them a welcome comrade. She herself, too, fashioned the swift ship, and with her Argus, son of Arestor, wrought it by her counsels. Wherefore it proved the most excellent of all ships that have made trial of the sea with oars. After them came Phileas from Erythria, where he dwelt in affluence by the favor of his father Dionysus, in his home by the springs of Asopus. From Argos came Talaeus and Aria, son of Bias and mighty Leodocus, all of whom Pyrrho, daughter of Neleus, bare. On her account the Iliad Melampus endured sore affliction in the steading of Iphiclus. Nor do we learn that Heracles of the mighty heart disregarded the eager summons of Aeson's son, but when he heard a report of the heroes gathering and had reached Lycurian Argos from Arcadia by the road along which he had carried the boar alive that fed in the thickest of Lampia, near the vast Aramanthian swamp, the boar bound with chains he put down from his huge shoulders at the entrance of to the marketplace of Mycenae, and himself of his own will set out against the purpose of Eurystheus, and with him went Hylas, a brave comrade in the flower of youth, to bear his arrows and to guard his bow. Next to him came a scion of the race of divine Danius, Nopleus. He was the son of Clytoneus, son of Naubolus. Naubolus was son of Lernus. Lernus, we know, was the son of Pretus, son of Nauplius, and once a Mimini, daughter of Danius, wedded to Poseidon, bare Nauplius, who surpassed all men in naval skill. Idmon came last of all of them that dwelt in Argos, for though he had learnt his own fate by augury, he came that the people might not grudge him fair renown. He was not in truth the son of Abbas, but Leto's son himself begat him to be numbered among the illustrious Eolids, and himself taught him the art of prophecy, to pay heed to birds and to observe the signs of the burning sacrifice. Moreover, Aetolian Leda sent from Sparta strong Polyduces and Castor, skilled to guide swift-footed steeds. 
These, her dearly loved sons, she bare at one birth in the house of Tyndarius, nor did she forbid their departure, for she had thoughts worthy of the bride of Zeus. The sons of Apharius, Lynceus, and proud Idas came from Arene, both exulting in their great strength, and Lynceus too excelled in keenest sight, if the report is true that that hero could easily direct his sight even beneath the earth. And with them, Nelian Periclymenus set out to come, eldest of all the sons of godlike Nelius, who were born at Pelos. Poseidon had given him boundless strength and granted him whatever shape he should crave during the fight, that he should take it in the stress of battle. Moreover, from Arcadia came Amphidamus and Cepheus, who inhabited Tegea, and the allotment of Aphidus. Two sons of Aldus and Ancaeus followed them as the third, whom his father Lycurgus sent, the brother older than both. When he was left in the city to care for Alias, now grown, while he gave his son to join his brothers, Antaeus went clad in the skin of a Manalian bear, and wielding in his right hand a huge two-edged battle-axe, for his armor his grandsire had hidden in the house's innermost recess, to see if he might by some means still stay his departure." There came also Augeas, whom fame declared to be the son of Helios. He reigned over the Elians, glorying in his wealth, and greatly he desired to behold the Colchian land, and Aetes himself the ruler of the Colchians. Asterius and Amphion, sons of Hyperaceus, came from the Achaean Pelini, which once Pelis, their grandsire, founded on the brows of Aegeolus. After them from Tinaris came Euphemus, whom, most swift-footed of men, Europe, daughter of mighty Titius, bare to Poseidon. He was wont to skim the swell of the grey sea, and wetted not his swift feet, but just dipping the tips of his toes was borne on the watery path. Yea, and two other sons of Poseidon came, one, Erginus, who left the citadel of glorious Miletus, the other proud Ancaeus, who left Parthenia, the seat of Imbrasian Hera. Both boasted their skill in seacraft and in war. After them from Caledon came the sons of Aeneas, strong Meligris and Laocoon. Laocoon the brother of Aeneas, though not by the same mother, for a serving woman bare him. Him, now growing old, Aeneas sent to guard his son. Thus Meligris, still a youth, entered the bold band of heroes. No other had come superior to him, I ween, except Heracles, if for one year more he had tarried and been nurtured among the Aetolians. Yea, and his uncle, well skilled to fight, whether with the javelin or hand to hand, Iphiclus, son of Thestius, bare him company on his way. With him came Polymonius, son of Olenian Lernus, of Lernus by repute, but his birth was from Hephaestus, and so he was crippled in his feet, but his bodily frame and his valor no one would dare to scorn, wherefore he was numbered among all the chiefs, winning fame for Jason. 
From the Phocians came Iphitus, sprung from now Bolus, son of Ornitus. Once he had been his host when Jason went to Pitho to ask for a response concerning his voyage, for there he welcomed him in his own halls. Next came Zetes and Callias, sons of Boreas, whom once Orithea, daughter of Erechtheus, bare to Boreas on the verge of wintry Thrace. Thither it was that Thracian Boreas snatched her away from Cecropia as she was whirling in the dance, hard by Hissus's stream, and carried her far off to the spot that men called the Rock of Sarpedon, near the river Erginus. He wrapped her in dark clouds and forced her to his will. There they were making their dusky wings quiver upon their ankles on both sides as they rose, a great wonder to behold, wings that gleamed with golden scales and round their backs from the top of the head and neck, hither and thither, their dark tresses were being shaken by the wind. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. No, nor had Acastus, son of mighty Peleus, himself any will to stay behind in the palace of his brave sire, nor Argus, helper of the goddess Athena, but they too were ready to be numbered in the host. 
So many then were the helpers who assembled to join the son of Asen. All the chiefs, the dwellers thereabout, called Minii, for the most and the bravest avowed that they were sprung from the blood of the daughters of Minias. Thus Jason himself was the son of Alcimede, who was born of Clymene, the daughter of Minias. Now when all things had been made ready by the thralls, all things that fully equipped, ships are furnished withal, when men's business leads them to voyage across the sea, then the heroes took their way through the city to the ship where it lay on the strand that men call Magnesian Pagasi. And a crowd of people hastening rushed together, but the heroes shone like gleaming stars among the clouds, and each man, as he saw them speeding along with their armor, would say, King Zeus, what is the purpose of Peleus? Whither is he driving forth from the Panakian land so great a host of heroes? On one day they would waste the palace of Aetes with baleful fire, should he not yield them the fleece of his own goodwill. But the path is not to be shunned, the toil is hard for those who venture. Thus they spake here and there throughout the city, but the women often raised their hands to the sky in prayer to the immortals to grant a return, their heart's desire. And one with tears thus lamented to her fellow, Wretched Alcimede, evil has come to thee at last, though fate thou hast not ended with splendor of life. Ace and two ill-fated man, surely better had it been for him if he were lying beneath the earth enveloped in his shroud, still unconscious of bitter toils. Would that the dark wave when the maiden Helly perished had overwhelmed Phrixus too with the ram, but the dire portent even sent forth a human voice that it might cause Alcimede's sorrows and countless pains hereafter." Thus the women spake at the departure of the heroes, and now many thralls, men and women, were gathered together, and his mother, smitten with grief for Jason. And a bitter pang seized every woman's heart, and with them groaned the father in baleful old age, lying on his bed, closely wrapped around. But the hero straightway soothed their pain, encouraging them, and bade the thralls take up his weapons for war, and they in silence with downcast looks took them up. And even as the mother had thrown her arms about her son, so she clung, weeping without stint, as a maiden all alone weeps, falling fondly on the neck of her hoary nurse." a maid who has now no others to care for her, but she drags on a weary life under a stepmother who maltreats her continually with ever-fresh insults, and as she weeps her heart within her is bound fast with misery, nor can she sob forth all the groans that struggle for utterance. So without stint wept Alcimede, straining her son in her arms, and in her yearning grief spake as follows. Would that on that day when wretched woman that I am, I heard King Peleus proclaim his evil behest. I had straightway given up my life and forgotten my cares, so that thou thyself, my son, with thine own hands, mightest have buried me. For that was the only wish left me still to be fulfilled by time. All the other rewards for thy nurture have I long enjoyed." 
Now I, once so admired among Achaean women, shall be left behind like a bondwoman in my empty halls, pining away, ill-fated one, for love of thee, thee on whose account I had aforetime so much splendor and renown, my only son, for whom I loosed my virgin zone first and last, for to me beyond others the goddess Ilithea grudged abundant offspring. Alas for my folly, not once, not even in nay dreams, did I forebode this, that the flight of Phrixus would bring me woe. Thus with moaning she wept, and her handmaiden standing by lamented. But Jason spake gently to her with comforting words. Do not, I pray thee, mother, store up bitter sorrows overmuch, for thou wilt not redeem me from evil by tears, but will still add grief to grief. For unseen are the woes that the gods mete out to mortals. Be strong to endure thy share of them, though with grief in thy heart. Take courage for the promises of Athena, and from the answers of the gods, for very favorable oracles has Phoebus given." and then from the help of the chieftains. But do not thou remain here quiet among thy handmaids, and be not a bird of ill omen to the ship, and thither my clansmen and thralls will follow me. He spake and started forth to leave the house, and as Apollo goes forth from some fragrant shrine to divine Delos or Claros or Pitho or to broad Laia near the streams of Xanthus, in such beauty moved Jason through the throng of people, and a cry arose as they shouted together. And there met him aged Iphias, priestess of Artemis, guardian of the city, and kissed his right hand. But she had not strength to say a word for all her eagerness as the crowd rushed on, but she was left there by the wayside as the old are left by the young, and he passed on and was gone afar." Now when he had left the well-built streets of the city, he came to the beach of Pagasai, where his comrades greeted him as they stayed together near the ship Argo. And he stood at the entering inn, and they were gathered to meet him, and they perceived Eastus and Argus coming from the city, and they marveled when they saw them hasting with all speed, despite the will of Peleus. The one Argus son of Arestor had cast round his shoulders the hide of a bull reaching to his feet, with the black hair upon it, the other a fair mantle of double fold, which his sister Pelopia had given him. Still Jason forbore from asking them about each point, but bade all be seated for an assembly. And there, upon the folded sails and the mast as it lay on the ground, they all took their seats in order. And among them with good will spake Aeson's son. All the equipment that a ship needs for all is in due order lies ready for our departure. Therefore we will make no long delay in our sailing for these things' sake when the breezes but blow fair. But friends, for common to all is our return to Hellas hereafter, and common to all is our path to the land of Aetes, now therefore with ungrudging heart choose the bravest to be our leader, who shall be careful for everything to take upon him in our quarrels and covenants with strangers? Thus he spoke, and the young heroes turned their eyes towards bold Heracles sitting in the midst, and with one shout they all enjoined upon him to be their leader. 
But he, from the place where he sat, stretched forth his right hand and said, Let no one offer this honor to me, for I will not consent, and I will forbid any other to stand up. Let the hero who brought us together himself be the leader of the host. Thus he spoke with high thoughts, and they assented as Heracles bade, and warlike Jason himself rose up, glad at heart, and thus addressed the eager throng. If you entrust your glory to my care, no longer as before, let our path be hindered. Now at last, let us propitiate Phoebus with sacrifice and straightway prepare a feast. And until my thralls come, the overseers of my steading, whose care it is to choose but oxen from the herd and drive them hither, we will drag down the ship to the sea, and do you place all the tackling within, and draw lots for the benches for rowing. Meantime, let us build upon the beach an altar to Apollo Ambassius, who by an oracle promised to point out and show me the paths of the sea, if by sacrifice to him I should begin my venture for King Peleus. He spoke and was the first to turn to the work, and they stood up in obedience to him, and they heaped their garments one upon the other on a smooth stone, which the sea did not strike with its waves, but the stormy surge had cleansed it long before. First of all, by the command of Argus, they strongly girded the ship with a rope well twisted within, stretching it tight on each side, in order that the planks might be well compacted by the bolts and might withstand the opposing force of the surge. And they quickly dug a trench as wide as the space the ship covered, and at the prow as far into the sea as it would run when drawn down by their hands and they ever dug deeper in front of the stem, and in the furrow laid polished rollers, and inclined the ship down upon the first rollers, that so she might glide and be borne by them, and above on both sides, reversing the oars, they fastened them round the thole pins, so as to project a cubit's space. And the heroes themselves stood on both sides at the oars in a row, and pushed forward with chest and hand at once, and then Tiphys leapt on board to urge the youths to push at the right moment, and calling on them he shouted loudly, and they at once, leaning with all their strength, with one push started the ship from her place, and strained with their feet, forcing her onward, and Pelly and Argo followed swiftly. And they on each side shouted as they rushed on, and then the rollers groaned under the sturdy keel as they were chafed, and round them rose up a dark smoke owing to the weight, and she glided into the sea. But the heroes stood there and kept dragging her back as she sped onward, and round the thole pins they fitted the oars, and in the ship they placed the mast and well-made sails and the stores." Now when they had carefully paid heed to everything, first they distributed the benches by lot, two men occupying one seat, but the middle bench they chose for Heracles and Ancaeus apart from the other heroes. Ancaeus, who dwelt in Tegea, for them alone they left the middle bench, just as it was and not by lot, and with one consent they entrusted Tiphys with guarding the helm of the well-stemmed ship. Next, Piling up shingle near the sea, they raised there an altar on the shore to Apollo, under the name of Actius and Ambassius, and quickly spread above it logs of dried olive wood. 
Meantime, the herdsmen of Aeson's son had driven before them from the herd two steers. These the younger comrades dragged near the altar, and the others brought lustral water and barley meal, and Jason prayed, calling on Apollo, the god of his fathers. Hear, O king that dwellest in Pagasai, and the city of Esonus, the city called by my father's name, thou who didst promise me when I sought thy oracle at Pitho to show the fulfillment and goal of my journey, for thou thyself hast been the cause of my venture. Now do thou thyself guide the ship with my comrades safe and sound thither and back to Hellas. Then in thy honour hereafter we will lay again on thy altar the bright offerings of bulls. All of us who return and other gifts in countless numbers I will bring to Pitho and to Artigia. And now, come, far darter, accept this sacrifice at our hands, which first of all we have offered thee for this ship on our embarkation, and grant, O king, that with a prosperous wind I may loose the hawsers, relying on thy counsel, and may the breeze blow softly, with which we shall sail over the sea in fair weather. He spoke, and with his prayer cast the barley meal, and they too girded themselves to slay the steers, proud Ancaius and Heracles. The latter with his club smote one steer mid-head on the brow, and falling in a heap on the spot, it sank to the ground. And Ancaius struck the broad neck of the other with his axe of bronze, and shore through the mighty sinews, and it fell prone on both its horns. Their comrades quickly severed the victim's throats and flayed the hides. They sundered the joints and carved the flesh, then cut out the sacred thigh bones and covered them all together closely with fat burnt them upon cloven wood. And Aeson's son poured out pure libations, and Idmon rejoiced, beholding the flames as it gleamed on every side from the sacrifice, and the smoke of it mounting up with good omen in dark spiral columns. And quickly he spoke outright the will of Leto's son. For you it is the will of heaven and destiny that ye shall return here with the fleece, but meanwhile, both going and returning, countless trials await you. But it is my lot by the hateful decree of a god to die somewhere afar off the mainland of Asia. Thus, though I learnt my fate from evil omens even before now, I have left my fatherland to embark on the ship, that so after my embarking fair fame may be left me in my house. Thus he spoke, and the youths hearing the divine utterance rejoiced at their return, but grief seized them for the fate of Idmon. Now at the hour when the sun passes his noontide halt and the ploughlands are just being shadowed by the rocks, as the sun slopes towards the evening dusk, at that hour all the heroes spread leaves thickly upon the sand and lay down in rows in front of the hoary surf line and near them were spread vast stores of viands and sweet wine, which the cupbearers had drawn off in pitchers. Afterwards they told tales one to another in turn, such as youths often tell when at the feast and the bowl they take delightful pastime, and insatiable insolence is far away. But here the son of Aeson, all helpless, was brooding over each event in his mind, like one oppressed with thought, 
And Idas noted him and assailed him with loud voice, Son of Aeson, what is this plan thou art turning over in mind? Speak out thy thought in the midst. Does fear come on and master thee, fear that confounds cowards? Be witness now my impetuous spear, wherewith in wars I win renowned beyond all others. Nor does Zeus aid me so much as my own spear. That no woe will be fatal, no venture will be unachieved, while Idas follows. Even though a god should oppose thee, such a helpmeet am I that I bringest thou from Arene. He spoke, and holding a brimming goblet in both hands, drank off the unmixed sweet wine, and his lips and dark cheeks were drenched with it. And all the heroes clamored together, and Idmon spoke out openly. Vain wretch, thou art devising destruction for thyself before the time. Does the pure wine cause thy bold heart to swell in thy breast to thy ruin? And has it set thee on to dishonor the gods? Other words of comfort there are with which a man might encourage his comrade, but thou hast spoken with utter recklessness. Such taunts, the tale goes, did the sons of Elias once blurt out against the blessed gods. And thou dost no wise equal them in valor. Nevertheless, they were both slain by the swift arrows of Leto's son, mighty though they were. Thus he spoke, and Epharian Iclus laughed out loud and long, and eyeing him askance, replied with biting words, Come now, tell me this by thy prophetic art, whether for me too the gods will bring to pass such doom as thy father promised for the sons of Elias. And bethink thee how thou wilt escape from my hands alive, if thou art caught making a prophecy vain as the idle wind. Thus in wrath Idas reviled him, and the strife would have gone further had not their comrades and Aeson's son himself with indignant cry restrained the contending chiefs, and Orpheus lifted his lyre in his left hand and made essay to sing. He sang how the earth, the heaven, and the sea once mingled together in one form, after deadly strife were separated each from other, and how the stars and the moon and the paths of the sun ever keep their fixed place in the sky, and how the mountains rose and how the resounding rivers with their nymphs came into being, and all creeping things. And he sang how first of all Ophion and Eurynome, daughter of ocean, held the sway of snowy Olympus, and how through strength of arm one yielded his prerogative to Kronos and the other to Rhea, and how they fell into the waves of ocean." But the other two, meanwhile, ruled over the blessed Titan gods, while Zeus, still a child, and with the thoughts of a child, dwelt in the Dictian cave, and the earth-born Cyclops had not yet armed him with the bolt, with thunder and lightning, for these things give renown to Zeus. He ended and stayed his lyre and divine voice, but though he had ceased, they still bent forward with eagerness, all hushed to quiet, with ears intent on the enchanting strain, such a charm of song had he left behind in their hearts. Not long after, they mixed libations in honor of Zeus with pious rites, as is customary, and poured them upon burning tongues and bethought them of sleep in the darkness."
Oh, nerds. Thank you all so much for listening to this part one of book one of Apollonius's Argonautica. Um, it was a lot of names, as we all remember from uh, the Iliad. They do love a list of names, um, but it's going to be getting very exciting. And honestly, I just love hearing about all these heroes in this one story where they all kind of revolved around Jason. But also, what does Jason actually do? Let's be perfectly honest. So I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we will be back either next week or the week after. I don't really have a schedule yet, but we will be doing these reading episodes of Argonautica alongside conversation episodes. I have an upcoming bonus episode uh, all about Cassandra of Assassin's Creed Odyssey. And I recently talked to the one and only Nikita Gill, author of Great Goddesses, all about goddesses and heroines and badass women of mythology amongst colonialism and many other things. It was really fascinating. That will be coming out soon. Lots to be excited for. Thank you all so much. You are the best. I am Liv and I love this shit. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com.